Hi, I'm Todd Kukon. And I'm Aaron J. Marks. I'm a visionary purpose coach and metaphysical leadership mentor. And I'm on a mission to revolutionize company culture and leadership. And it's our pleasure to welcome you to the Crushing Company Culture Podcast. We know you'll enjoy our conversations. We'll be talking about purpose, communication, strategic planning, leadership, action, strategy, all the great things that can impact your company culture. So here we go. Let, let's join the conversation. Awesome. Yeah. Um, so so you're, you brought up, you were talking about values. So tell, tell us yep. more about what you've been thinking about with that. I will, but, but what I want to do first, you know, since okay. you, you had such a clear, um, <laughs> that, you know, you, like you have a lot more experience around this than I do. Um, you listed that it was five, right? Yeah. Okay, because what, what I want to do first is um, I want to talk about your values. I, I want you to go through them quickly, and then I want you to uh, say some more about each one of them and, you know, like why you knew that was the right value for you, I guess, and, you know, how that animates you, you know? Yeah, well, it, it, was, it was actually a, a, a process. Kind of, it was a, a small mastermind group yeah. it was called Transform that, that I uh, came upon, and uh, Tom Corcoran you know, for those people that might know Tom was the one that, that kind of led this whole effort. And, and you and I live, you and I live in central Wisconsin. So, you know, we, we're like, at least at this point, we're pretty regionally centric, I sense, you know, but it might not always be that way, you know? So this is a Wisconsin thing you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, and, and uh, it was actually, it was a group of us, uh, there were five to 10, we get together, I think once a week for 10 weeks for like an hour. And, and, and one of the sessions we was focused on our core values. So we started with answering some questions about um, what, what, what was empowering to us, what was disempowering to us, what were some of the things that brought us joy in life, what did we want our legacy to be, yeah. what, was a, what was a very challenging moment in life. So we went through this exercise, just kind of getting our mind thinking about different points in our lives that were very positive and maybe very negative or challenging. And thinking about our emotions and our behavior around those those particular events. And then from there, we were presented with a list of, I don't know, maybe 100 different words. And we went through that list fairly quickly. And we uh, some words we eliminated, like some of the words I didn't even know what they meant. So I just like crossed them out. Mm -hmm. But we went through this process through a couple different steps to get down to these to these five words. So they gave you a big list like to start with. Okay. Yeah, it was, I mean, it's a list of 100 words that, you know, uh, there's all sorts of different, you know, I suppose, ways to do it. But, yeah. but I think what really helped us get to those words was the questions and conversation we had about those questions, you know, the, the, the questions that we had to, to think about and write about. We spent some time on those, you know, to, cut, to get us to a point where we were ready to dive into what are the things that are most important. You know, you think about your legacy, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, how you want to be remembered and, and what okay. were some moments of, of joy and, and so mm-hmm. then we went through and, and narrowed it down to five words and it was it was difficult yeah it was both difficult and easy I guess okay, okay. um and my five were uh, optimism or are optimism yeah. uh trust honesty enthusiasm and teamwork and I made an acronym to try to help me remember it uh-huh uh, o-t-h-e-t oath it I wanted it to be other but I couldn't think of an r word so but I think a lot of times people come up with their values and they just pluck a word out of the air. And um, yeah. many people pick family and faith as their values, which are certainly excellent 
values. I don't know if family is necessarily a value. Family is kind of a, a, a to me, it's a, it's like a thing. Okay. That sounds horrible, but not necessarily a value or a skill. But so right. when I did okay. it, and we went around the table and others shared, several of them mentioned family and faith, even after going through this exercise. And I'm like, yeah. oh my gosh, my, you know, mine, they're not mine. But then as I thought about it more and we talked some more as a group and kind of worked through it, family and faith really are intertwined in all of mine. You know, that's that's part of part of what it is. They're, they're kind of like um, meta values or like above this even almost. Uh, yeah, like they're like an overarching. Yeah. Or, or something that 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 holds all your values together. Your almost like without those, none of this works anyway. You know, What's that? I, almost like without those two and you know, there's probably others um, like none of this really works anyway. Right. Yeah, there, there's that, that, and and you can define family as you choose, and you can define define faith as you choose. Okay. For me, yeah. <laughs> excuse me. For me, you know, I'm 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 a Christian, and yeah. for me, I have uh, four daughters, a grandson, parents, in law. You know, and that's my. Yep. You know, and everybody can define it differently. There's no like Webster's dictionary uh, definition of, of it's what squishy, that. squishy, right? Squishy, very squishy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And then from there, we went into an exercise where we, we wrote a sentence about each of those values to help okay. better define what those what those okay. values are. So, yeah, it, it can be very uh, it was very it was very in, a very intentional exercise. It wasn't so, just grabbing things out of the air. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So. so the, OK. So to, to to review what I think I put together there. So they they give you a list of 100 words or so. And like, I guess, I guess it would be a question then for them. How did they. How did they create that list, you know, that they're able to use for this exercise over and over and over again? Um, and then they they had you think about what gives you joy um, and meaning and then what what is discouraging to you. Um, and uh, like, think about your legacy. How do you want to be remembered? And then that you boil it down to five. Um, and you said it was it was easy to just start like crossing things off at first. Um, but then uh, I guess, yeah, maybe a question for you. Um, let me hold that question for a second. But but then eventually you got it down to five and uh, then you like you wrote a sentence about each of them, um, right? right? Now, my question is, what was the first like hard number, the, uh, the first difficult number that you boiled it down to? So it's like, where did it get challenging? Like how many were left on the list, you know? <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> we, 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 again, this list was 100. I've seen different lists and sure. that, that's not it. But, but we went from 100 down to 20, yeah. which wasn't too bad. Going from 20 to five, that was, that was really without hyphen, you know, having three hyphens, you know, like, yeah, there's a trust honesty. It couldn't be one, it right. Be, I get one that. word. Uh, yeah. 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 That you'd show. So it really got, it really made you think through how they, you know, how they work together and how, how they were distinct and then tying them back to those things you had thought about before. So, yeah. But you were able to do this in an hour though. You're saying there was a handful of us and we did it in about an hour. Now I, you know, okay. it, it can take, it can take because you can go into a lot more discussion about it. So it, yeah. it, it could take you know two two hours with a group too. Yeah, we just we just chose to do it you know within that particular time frame. So you could keep it very open ended as well with a group. But that an hour was about right. I think there was you know there was between five and ten of us something like that. Okay. Okay. So um, so yeah. So that that process from getting down to like a hundred to twenty was that was not that challenging. But from, you know getting it down to from 20 to those like you know those those final five that those five yeah yeah okay that's interesting because i 
I've been going through a, you know, a similar version of this and um, th that sounds about right, actually. Um, yeah, and I'll show you this in a second, but um, so yours were optimism, trust, honesty, enthusiasm, and teamwork, right? Right. Okay. Right. Can you say, um, so, you know, briefly, um, but not too briefly, tell me about optimism. Like, why is that important to you? Um, how does that guide you? I look at the, the sunny side of everything. Um, and sometimes it drives my family crazy because I, you know, it, it always could be worse. Yeah. Right. Any, anybody's situation could always be worse. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, so I just, I'm, I, I walk into something looking at the bright side as best I can. Now, you know, I don't want people to think that it's all puppy dogs and butterflies either, because I know there's always challenges, but yeah. I come in with that, with that kind of spirit that something, something good's going to come out of this. So I, I will tell you, you know, and I, I can give my perspective on these um, as I know you, um, your optimism is one of the things that makes me feel safe around you. <laughs> well, thanks. Yeah. Uh, like, cause I know, you know, um, you know, an example was, yeah. So like, you know, about a week ago, we tried this when I was in Florida and it didn't work because the internet connection wasn't very good. And I just, um, you know, the way you showed up to it, it was like, oh yeah, bummer. Well, you know, it was still good to see you just like even for a few jerky frames and uh, <laughs> keep, the, you know, keep the relationship going. And yeah, well, you know, we'll, we'll do this next week, you know? Um, well, yeah. And you, and you weren't like intentionally trying to make a bad connection. No, no. So yeah. it's, it's, it's technology and people, I, I, you know, and I guess this is part of my optimism. I think people, yeah. you know, are trying to do their best. Yeah. Okay. And like when yesterday morning I was doing a training and uh, we were talking about communication and, Everybody tries to communicate as best they can. Nobody, well, right. you know, 99.9% .9 of the people in the world are not trying to sabotage. Right, things. right, right. So that's, oh, yeah, so that's where that, that's where that optimism, you know, comes in. It's like people, people's intentions are always good. Okay. Yeah. Um, and so you have to have that patience to kind of work with them sometimes. Yeah. Uh, so tell me about trust. Um, how do you, how do you experience that? What does that mean to you? How does it guide you? Yeah. Some, some people come from the perspective of that you have to, that um, you have to earn their trust. Okay. Like some people come into it. And this is my perspective is I trust people hundred percent until they prove me wrong. All right. So, so, you know, like with you and I, I, I knew you through our work together with the business council in the chamber, you and Heidi were great partners, our great partners, whatever. And, yeah. and we got to know each other a little bit through that. And when I, when I jumped with decided to jump full-time into my solopreneurship, yeah. I tried to think of, okay, who are people that I know that I can trust that I can talk to yeah. about the challenges of being a solopreneur or an entrepreneur, or whatever yeah. you know, a duopreneur is your case, I guess. Yeah. But um, a new term. But yeah. um, <laughs> a mer you know, so but I, I walked into it with 100% trusting you. Yeah. Even you know, even from back when I didn't know you and first met, and that that's just the way. Um, it's yeah. never, uh, well, not that I can think of anyway, where it's yeah. where it's burned me. Now it's now trust has been impacted through that i'm not talking about ours but trust in general has been impacted with people because you have to um i guess unearn my trust okay um, you know you have to do some things where and, and and it's happened it's happened in central wisconsin with with people it's happened throughout my life not a lot of people you know yeah, i yeah. attend maybe my whole life but yeah, yeah. When i walk into it i i'm going to be i'm going to be upbeat and optimistic and i'm going to 100 trust you until you prove me wrong and then we'll okay. have to figure it out either re-earn it or maybe our relationship won't continue that's a it's a it seems to me that it takes a lot of faith you know and um i i feel well what would be challenging about that for me um is 
that it really hurts to be betrayed, you know? Absolutely. Um, yeah. And so I'm wondering how you, um, yeah. I mean, how do you deal with that? You know, when it happens? Um, yeah. That's a really good question. Um, there, there have been times where I, I'm not, I, I'm not thinking of good examples, but there are times yeah. where I probably, you know, challenge the person. And there are times where I've just kind of said, you know, I can't, I can't change it. It, it, it you know, that it is what it is. And interestingly enough, with the one I'm thinking about is now that I've left the position, there's even, there's no relationship anymore. Yeah. When I was working in the position because of my position, um, there was at least a relationship. So it told me that my gut reaction about trusting that person was probably pretty much accurate because okay. nothing has happened. Nothing really has happened since then. Mm, and, okay. you know, people, people always say, well, yeah, we got to get together. We got to get and I'm like, Yeah. Right. right. I've been through that a hundred thousand times. <laughs> oh, so, right. I, so, you know, so I, the, the, my, my not trusting this situation was accurate. Now, if I look to my faith, it's like, well, I should work hard to build that relationship back up. Okay. And maybe at some point I will. I just, I either choose not to, or I don't have the bandwidth right now just to, to step into that, into mm -hmm. that particular uh, relationship. Oh yeah. You have to be on the podcast with you then trying to battle that relationship. Sure. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you have to be super careful about your time as a, a, a solopreneur type. Right. Um, so many people who will gladly take it and, you know, not, not give you an even exchange, you know? And, and I think, I think every relationship is worth, you have to work at every relationship. Mm -hmm whether it's your spouse, your children, your oh, job, yeah. your clients, your whatever, yeah. um, you know, you, you have to work at those relationships that I'm not, I'm not saying you just at the first hint of anything bad, you let it go. You, you I mean, there, cause I, cause I, I'm not like, I always tell people I'm looking in the mirror and hearing, you know, I'm learning as much from our conversations too, about this, about myself. Cause I know yeah. I'm not the perfect person in relationship either. Yeah. Yeah. But you certainly have to work through relationships. Right. Right. Yeah. No, uh, uh, something Heidi says a lot is like, we, we don't expect perfect people. We just uh, <laughs> expect yeah. people who are willing to grow, you know? Yeah, that, that's great. Yeah, that's that's right on. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, you know, basically your stance is you trust people until proven otherwise, um, right. which is not to say that you go in like naively and, you know, uh, with no expectation, right? It, it Like, it, it's just, that's where you start. You know, you start trusting people, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, if someone comes up and tries to sell me drugs, that's a whole different story. <laughs> right. But, yeah, because they yeah. immediately gave you a reason not to trust them. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Because right. like it came really quick. Um, right. But you're so like what I imagine that does for you is um, that allows you to go deeper with people quicker and like get them to trust you faster. Right. Right. Exactly. That's probably how you right. explain that. And, and it kind of, it, you know, kind of goes into the next one with with, with honesty. Then. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I, if, if I'm honest with people and people are honest with me, that's going to build that trust, mm -hmm. obviously. And that's going to help our relationship. The one, the one expression I remember, I don't remember who I heard it from, but um, when you're honest, you have to remember less. Yeah. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. If the, you lie, yeah. you have to remember your lies. Right. You don't have to remember what you said. Right. 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 Yeah. yeah. Or, oh, what a web, oh, what a deadly web we weave when we first learn to deceive or something like that is the, yeah, the classic exactly. poetic one. Yeah. yeah, yeah right. Yeah. Um, so 
yeah, I mean, honesty is pretty straightforward, right? I mean, I, I guess the, oh, he can get into like this murky uh, thing where it's like some, you know, sociological readings is like, oh, we're always kind of lying. Okay, yeah, I mean, um, it, it brings a couple things to mind and, uh, you know, per perhaps my mind lingers in darkness a little more than yours. And you know, <laughs> I think that that's just kind of part of our DNA, right? Um, but I, uh, this is actually very fascinating. I, um, I took a data analytics class, or you know, I took some of it um, through some, you know, online educational institution um, that they teach about things related to marketing and entrepreneurship and things. And it was actually taught by some guy who was like the like the lead data analyst at Google or something at least at one point. So it was that was very interesting to to get to know him a little bit. And he recommended these books. Um, and one book that he recommended is called Everybody Lies. Um, and like the premise of it is that as soon as um, you know, as soon as Google came along and everyone started searching for all sorts of things, uh, Google knows what people really think, what they really want. You know. Um, and like, there's all these things that we, you know, we tell Google that we don't tell people in our lives, you know? <laughs> so unintentionally, but we tell Google, yeah. Yeah, right. Cause like, we don't think about it watching us, you know? Um, and, and it's not like, I, I don't, you know, I, I don't think people's lives are going to get destroyed by like what they, what they Google search. I just don't think that really happens. But, but what the, what the data analysts are able to do is they're able to, you know, compile all that stuff and be like, Oh, look how many people search for this, you know, particular thing. That's like actually a really dark thing, you know, that we would all, you know, agree, but it's like, you know, it's like Google is like super honest, you know, <laughs> about what people want and think, you know? But there, there's, there is, there's, there's still some, it's interesting you say that because there still is some interpretation there. Okay. Right. Because Google, all, what Google does is take the facts. Yeah. Right. So we go to a website and then they interpret those facts to try to figure out what, you know, what type of a consumer that we, that we are. I mean, okay. like I bought something off of Wayfair. So now Google spits me, you know, Wayfair stuff, but there's probably some other things in that too. That, uh, that that Google reads into it. So, but but basically, yeah, they're looking at the looking at the data, and the data doesn't yeah, lie. I don't know. Data sometimes <laughs> can lie too. Okay, data can sound because you know that you can. Uh, I guess what makes you think about it is when you're when you're um, someone's doing a report on the economy. Yeah. Right, and they take a graph, and the points on the the axes, both the axes. You can make them narrower or bigger, and that changes the grade of your, you know, what your graph looks like. So, all right, yes, it's not it's not lying. You're honest. <laughs> so you're saying, you're, okay, you're, yeah, you're kind of like you're you're making it fit your your uh, narrative. I your guess. narrative, yeah. So it's the, I think it's a Mark Twain quote, right? There's three kinds of lies: lies, damn lies, and statistics. Because <laughs> there's no such thing as a statistic, is what you're saying. Because like it's right. always chosen by people. Um, it's like you never just present the data, right? You're always chopping it up. Interpretation. Yeah. yeah, chopping it up, framing it, um, you know, graphically representing it to lead people to a certain conclusion. That's what you're saying, right? There's like there's like three sides to every story. 
there's what he said what she said and there's the truth (laughs) (laughs) but it's like it's almost like humans aren't capable of really discerning truth you know it's like because it's always through a perspective that's designed to persuade right yeah 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 so i guess the question is is like is honesty like really even possible you know it's something to try to achieve okay it's a grand it's a grand vision or or goal to try to achieve it but you're you're right i mean (laughs) i don't want to be right like because like i really want to believe it's possible and i'm not lying about that either i mean the thing is like you know there's something about utah that makes me want that to be true like it it makes me want everyone to be honest and good-hearted you know there's so, degrees of honesty. That's degree. Maybe we should say it that way. <laughs> okay. Okay. It, well, yeah. I mean, I hope. Um, I, I don't know. Like, yeah. Seriously, our conversations are a blast. Uh, so, you know, I hope this is. I hope this is good for you. You know, talking. Oh, about it's fun to think through. Yeah, it's it's. I love it. Okay. So, t- tell me about enthusiasm. I mean, like this is this is some, one of those things that like you. It's like yes, you clearly, obviously embody this to me. You know, enthusiasm. Well, yeah, why do it unless you're going to be enthusiastic and excited about it? That's kind okay. of my, even, even, um, you know, and, and it's interesting too, because sometimes you go into the thing that it's like, you're dreading doing the most. It's like, oh, do I really have to go to this meeting? Or do I really have to go to this event? Or I'd really have to write this proposal. And it's like, yeah. Oh. But then when you're done with it, it's like, it's so cool. Yeah. That, that you end up happening. So even, even in the, so it's, yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, I'm just going to go in with a, with, with being enthusiastic. So you're saying um, even the things we dread end up being more fun and fulfilling than we typically expect, right? Mm-hmm. Is what I heard you just say. So you might as well be enthusiastic about even the things that you you, you would tend not to be. Yeah, right. Yeah. Be, be, uh, be optimistic that it's going to be end up being a good a good opportunity, whatever the, the thing is. Be might yeah. as well be enthusiastic about it because the alternative is makes life miserable. Yeah, and. and like you'll probably enjoy it more than you think, even if you're not looking forward to it. Yeah, exactly. Is, is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, and yeah, you know, again, you really, you do embody that enthusiasm that, um, uh, uh, you know, you know, that, that high energy anticipation about things, you know, this like, feels like a Todd fest today, but we'll, we'll, you'll have your chance too. Yeah, no, it's okay. Um, cause you know, again, well, oh, just wait, just wait. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to help. You're going to help me discern my values, you know? Yeah, exactly. exactly. What we're, we're going to do in a second. Um, now a word from our sponsors. I'm on a mission to revolutionize company culture and leadership. My name is Todd Kukan. Let me spell it out for you. T-O-D-D-K-U-C-K-K-A-H-N. My website is toddkukan.com, and you can find me on Facebook, LinkedIn, a lot of other social medias. I look forward to hearing from you. But I really believe in, in giving and not getting, adding more value to others than I receive through my faith, right? My foundational values, optimism, trust, honesty, enthusiasm, and teamwork. And you'll learn that quickly when you start working with me. I developed a five-step roadmap for a mind shift. I love talking about core values, your wheel of life, how differences make us better, your comfort zone, and team leadership culture. My passion for leadership and growth earned me an independent speaker, coach, teacher, and trainer certification with the Maxwell Leadership Certified Team. I've done countless presentations, workshops, seminars across the world, actually. I'm also a DISC certified consultant. I write for numerous publications, including an international publication, and I've been certified as a DEI trainer, diversity, equity, and inclusion through Empowered Living. 
I really want to learn more about you and the challenge that you're facing in, my, in your business. So please feel free to reach out to me. Hi, this is Aaron J. Marks of AaronJMarks.com. That's Aaron with two A's and Mark spelled like Groucho or Carl, although I'm not related to either. I'm a visionary purpose coach and metaphysical leadership mentor. To my knowledge, I'm the only one in the world to have claimed that title, and those who know me well tell me they couldn't imagine one that fits me better. Here's something I know after consulting and coaching dozens of entrepreneurs, creatives, and executives. Every human carries the burden of considerable existential pain. It's the discomfort of existing in the human condition and navigating the labyrinth of largely unwinnable natural and social forces. We all deal with this, and I found the key to unlocking results that flow from a place of deep confidence and tranquility is facing that head-on, acknowledging it, and making peace with the paradox of being human. The leaders that do this feel a massive burden lifted from their shoulders as they proceed into the world, light with the freedom and momentum to make their visions real. You wouldn't imagine the transformation this facilitates. It's like having the ancient wisdom of a Greek philosopher and the business savvy of a successful 21st century entrepreneur in your back pocket. It's a combination like no other to give you a unique and inspiring perspective on the human experience, while also guiding you in the strategies and tactics to build the life, business, and professional career you dream of. Learn more at AaronJMarks.com. Now back to the show. Um, so teamwork. Yeah. So I, this is not a, this is not a place I've really observed like your genius yet. You know, I haven't, I haven't seen you facilitate this yet, but you know, just, just from everything that you talk about, everything, all the messaging that you put out, I, I would assume like, this is just a major, um, zone of genius is what some people call it, or, you know, facilitating teamwork. Like this is just a major thing that you're about. So tell me more about how you think about that. Well, I was, I was never, uh, I never have been or am a great athlete or even a good athlete for that matter. Oh, it's funny because like you love basketball so much and you're, you know, no, you're I love, it. I love the game. Yeah. And I think what I love about the game is the, is the teamwork aspect of it. How are you going to get, and it just happened to be basketball for me. I mean, any yeah. team sport, but, but how are you going to get these five people that are on the court and the five to 10 people who are on the bench and all the assistants and managers and trainers and coach, you know, how are you going to get all these people to work together to, to achieve their goal or whatever the case might be? And I, I don't think you can do things without teams. And I think the, the mess we're in right now with all the remote work and all this stuff, mm. I think we're losing that sense of teamwork. I think that you can, you know, and, and part of teamwork is lifting each other up. Mm. Um, but you learn, you learn so many things about, you know, you respect other people's time and, and discipline about getting the job done because you're relying on others and they're relying on you. You know, there's so many, there's so many different aspects to, to uh, teamwork. I saw, I officiated a game this weekend and um, uh, a girl went down and, and she, she fell. And as she was falling, she hit her head on somebody else's knee. Oh, wow. And, and she was down on the, on the court for quite a while. They actually called the, the ambulance. She was moving, yeah. but probably something, you know, like concussion type thing, but yeah. just watching, watching her, her coach and the parents and the paramedics and the team and the other team and their parents and how, you know, after a little while, all of a sudden a parent came out of the opposing team's bench who was, a uh, in, in a, I don't know if he was a doctor, but health field and came to help. You know, just, just that, even that kind of a lesson, you know, and as officials, we're just, we're not worried about the game at that point. We're worried about the health of this and the, and the girls on the bench are all crying because they were, you know, they're eighth graders and they're, 
they're uncertain, some of them how to process it and how the coaches were working with, you know, just, yeah. and, you know, that's a part of teamwork you sometimes don't think about, particularly in athletics, but, yeah. but coming together for, for a better cause, you know, we're, we're a two person team here. We're, mm-hmm. we're coming together for, for a better cause ourselves, getting, getting whatever message we can share out to people and it will, it will impact some. We're in the process of discerning that message right now. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so uh, yeah, it's interesting that that basketball story. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot to pull out in what you just said because um, it was like, uh, you know, you were watching what, um, uh, you know, teams um, focused on a certain objective, which was you know winning the game. But then as soon as there was a different need, you know, which is the need to keep everyone safe, right? Um, you know the the team like reoriented and everyone knew their role, right? Yeah. Adversity struck. Yeah. And their teamwork became, um, there was, there was a different motivation, you know, or, or, or a different goal or purpose at that point. The purpose yeah. at that point wasn't because they were actually kind of staging a comeback and it was, it was really getting to be a great game. And yeah, but all of a sudden it shifted from, you know, rebounding and shooting and passing to health and safety and, and caring for others. Yeah. Um, yeah that's that happens with with good teamwork right right yeah it's like everyone is sort of saying yeah we're actually all on the same team here you know for for, for some much higher values right than yeah, just winning yeah. the game right being of a higher purpose higher value yeah 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 no it's really inspiring to hear you talk about this and i i think um uh i don't know something something about being with you makes me want to be a better person that's just one thing i noticed about you so <laughs> well, thank you yeah you're welcome. I, feel, I feel the same way right well, Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, there's, what did you say? Like, you can't get anything done without a team. That was one thing I heard you say, right? right. Um, and I, I think, you know, a, a question I would have um, based on your experience is, do you feel like not enough people know that or understand that? I, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I, be- I believe that to be the case. I think and again, again there, there's teamwork in music, there's teamwork in dance, there's teamwork Absolutely. in sport, yeah. there's, you know, it doesn't just have to be a basketball team. Teamwork oh, no. is, is, you can learn that so many different ways. It, it could be a, you know, a group project in your high school chemistry class. Yep. The thing about, that I see about um, like extracurricular, again, like dance and, and, and music and art and, and sports is it's more enduring. I mean, that the team continues, you change grades and teachers. Okay. But you, you know, you're kind of with this, you know, this teamwork framework throughout your competition when you're when you're competing like that on a regular basis. So okay, uh, you know. So do you feel like um like that's like that's one of the reasons extracurriculars are are valuable and they you know predictive to success, right? Is that you, you know, from being involved in them, uh, you you know, you're unconsciously absorbing this ethic of teamwork like constantly, yeah. right? Yeah, and even you know, you can think of. Uh, like clubs in school, you know, yeah. one, one of the things when you, when you leave high school and go to college, they talk to you about getting involved in a club. It doesn't have to be a sport. It can be a club and mm-hmm. kids in high school are involved with, uh, with 4-H and programs like that, or, um, you know, it could be a chess club, you know, any, anything, I think you just got to be, and that's one of the hard things about being a solopreneur is that, you know, I don't have the natural team around me yeah. that, that I'm working with. Like I was at the business council, right? Three of us plus, you know, oh, there's more than there's seven or eight of us if you include the intern. So that wasn't that wasn't there. So um, my teams are now my clients where I go to work, right? Yeah, and, yeah. But I'm not really, you know, you soon learn that you're you're while you're helping them, 
you're really developing their team. Oh yeah. But, but it does give you some relationship time anyway, outside of your, your home office. I guess. Yeah, boy, I know exactly what you're saying. I get, this is a, oh, this is such a, an interesting thing to disentangle, you know? Um, and I think it's for another day, whatever this is uh, like, this is a really interesting, rich, deep conversation that, you know, that you're touching on here, you know, it's we're like, what, what was that? <laughs> so we're having fun. Yeah. This is good. Lots of fun. Like, yeah, I think, I feel like the energy gets like better every time we talk, but um, it's like, yeah, you're sort of on their team, but you're sort of developing their team because they have to work without you eventually. Um, and then, and then as a solopreneur, it's like, yeah, because like you just said, you can't get anything done without a team. So as a solopreneur, who is your team? Uh, and, you know, you're looking for team members everywhere. It's like, um, you know, looking for friends and allies, right? To, to reference a conversation we had on the last podcast, right? right. Um, and some of those are the people you work with. Um, some of them are partnerships like this one, you know? Um, yeah, I don't know. And then some of them are, just, you know, like having a good accountant, right? That's, that's part of your team, right? Yep. Um, you know, those professionals who, like, they're not exactly part of your organization, but like, you couldn't do what you do without them, you know? Well, I would, I would, yeah, I guess I would define those, you're, you're absolutely right. And I would define those as maybe like your inner circle. Sure. Those are the, you know, Jim Rohn talks about it, a famous leadership guru. And, and he talks about, yep. you know, you know, who are the five people that are closest to you that are most influential in your life? Yeah, doesn't necessarily doesn't necessarily have to be your spouse or your family. It could be yeah. many other people. It could be an accountant. It could be a mentor. It could be a coach. It could be a variety of people. And you can have them in different realms too. You know, like right. I, I would imagine that you're, you know, you you would have five people for you know for business, and then five people for you know your faith life and you know and your family life, and like maybe some people like stand out of those groups even. And then you have your like inner inner five. But um, right, right, you know, yeah. I mean, it works on many many levels. I mean, you know. Teams, um, boy, like that is part of the fabric of humanity, you know, teams, teamwork. Because um, like, I, I don't want to, it's like, you, you say it so understatedly, like you can't get any, you can't do anything without a team, but like, think about what that means, right? <laughs> like everything we do is, is the result of some kind of a team effort. Right. And we do a lot of things that we don't even think about, you know? Yeah, but, yeah, that, yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. But there's a team behind every single one of them is what you're saying, right? Yeah. You know, even, even going, even going into a company, you know, you start, uh, you start working with one person to get the ball rolling, but eventually you gotta, you're going to be working with a group of people, whether it's their leadership team or absolutely or, yeah. or whoever it is. Right. It, Cause everything is connected to everything else. And, you know, so eventually you have to say, oh, okay, well, who's the better person to talk to about this, you know? Um, and it helps. And, and I think the other part about having a team is it helps you through your, your lows and highs. Yeah. Yeah. Right. It, 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 it brings some balance. We're all going to have those lows. If we have a team, they can help, they can help. Uh, help build us up and um and, and in the same vein we can help build others up if we see they're kind of kind of lagging behind and, and help them figure out maybe how they can be helped yeah yeah this is yeah so fascinating um I, I, I you know I, I feel like you know maybe your message is you're on a team whether you know it or not and and actually you're on you're on many teams whether you know it or not right right yeah that's um, a good point and and like knowing it helps you be more intentional and you know cultivate better support better right is it yeah is i mean is that is that sort of your message here absolutely right yeah, yeah i think the support i think yeah using the word support too is a good way to to look at you and it's it's a mutual support we all we all there are times where we lift others and there are times when others lift us yeah 
And, and I see that with different groups that I'm involved with. Um, you know, I'm in with a group of three guys. I'm in a group with, you know, a couple hundred people. And, and the messaging, we're always trying to lift each other up. And that's what that's what a team's all about, because we all have those moments where we're down. Yeah. I, you know, so I think an exercise, you know, that I'm like thinking about, and you know, maybe anyone listening um, would benefit from is what, what are, list all the teams that you're a part of, you know? Oh yeah. Um, interesting. Like how many, yeah, how many can you come up with, you know? Um, and I, and I think just, yeah, being aware of that team when you, you know, go into it, um, spend time with it, you know, work with it the next time, just see how that changes it, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, be, that self-awareness is important, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that was like a huge concept, teamwork. <laughs> right there. That went a little longer than a brief explanation. But, yeah. But that's, okay. that's okay. Yeah. We got, more, we got more topics topics for the next one, right? Yeah, well. Do we even dent your list? Do we even what? Do we even dent your list? You mean my agenda for today? Your agenda, yeah. Yeah, I did. Um, okay. Well, we dented it. You can save some of it for next time. <laughs> Yeah. So I'll, uh, I'll just tee it up and maybe this is a good place to stop, you know, but um, yeah. I, yeah, I, I started, um, you know, discerning my values and it's, it occurred to me, I had gone through this process recently through um, a program through the E-Myth and the E-Myth is like, it's like the standard for small business development uh, these days. So something I think a lot about, it's like, anyone who's in small business should read that book. Um, and, you know, and they have programs, uh, you know, and Heidi and I are working through one for, for Noteworthy, our music school to, to make that better. Um, but what they started with was uh, you as a, just as an individual in the world, you know, it's like, what are you about? Like, what, what is your, I believe it was the primary aim is, is what they call that. So it's like, how do you show up everywhere that you go, not just for this business, um, you know, but, but for everything you do. And so there was a, a value discerning process there, but it, it didn't, you know, it wasn't designed, the values were not like the result of that. It was to get something else, um, but it was part of the process. And so it, it didn't like push me to narrow it down as much as the process you did. But I came up with a list here, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, I have one of those hyphenated ones there. Um, <laughs> 20 and 21, yeah, so like that's about right, right? Because I asked you, where did it get hard? And you said when you when you reduced it from 100 to 20, getting from 20 to five was the hard part. So, yes. and I said, that sounds about right because it's about how long the list I have is. So maybe, you know, and again, like we set out on this trajectory to define the core values for this partnership, but I, I feel like this is a great, way to kind of lead to that um yeah i think i think next time we focus on your five we're not going to uh -huh. focus on your 20 we'll but focus I, on your five i so I, I know well what what i i mean there's a couple ways we could proceed here like one is you could sort of guide me through narrowing it down to those five um or you could you know sort of assign that to me as an exercise for the next one and see if i can do it myself um so i don't know i think um, well i think you're at the point because you put some thought in it and we've yeah. talked about it yeah I think I think you're at a good point where you're maybe you can spend some time and try to get it down to that five. How do I do it? Uh, I mean, how, tell me again. Um, how do I? Yeah, how do I prune away the fifteen? You know. Well, I think I think you you start you know start with what are those moments in your life that bring you great joy? Yeah. What are those moments that that lift you and lift your your spirit? And then what are those moments that were of you know maybe of exceptional challenge to you? Okay. 
and write, you know, two different questions, write a little bit about, about each of them, and then think about when did you feel most inspired or empowered? When did mm -hmm. you feel, you know, in control? And then number four would be when did you feel disempowered or, or think something was out of your control and kind of think through the what were some of the emotions and behaviors and the situation regarding that and then the fifth question to think about is what do you want your legacy to be when you're when you're you know when you're 80 looking back on your life yeah. what what journey do you want to have seen okay and and what that means to you and, and once you kind of work through those then go back to your 20 that you've narrowed it down to and say okay what what which of these five really fit that the positive emotions that, that come out of that? What helped me get through my challenges and my my troughs in my life and and what helped me reach those peaks and those moments of joy? Okay. And and then try to reduce it from that 20 to that five. Yeah. Okay. Well, I will I will take some time for that. And um I will, yeah, we'll talk about we'll talk about how that went the next time then. So sounds awesome. Well, Todd, that was a really fun conversation. It seems like they're all fun, right? We have, we try to be serious. We try to, but hey, we got a little fun too. I don't think I've ever not enjoyed a conversation with you, Todd. <laughs> well, I, I feel the same way. It always, it always makes me, uh, I was going to say it makes my brain hurt, but I mean in a good way, because it makes me think <laughs> differently about stuff. Helps me reaffirm what I do. And I, I think I always learn something new about leadership and, and company culture um, from, from talking to you. Yeah, we, we probe we probe in a little bit different ways, but uh, like I always say, we get we get to that that same end result, and our conversations, you know, have been fun all along the way. I don't see I don't see that stopping anytime soon. Well, right, and so people can join us in the next episode and uh, and and hear the next one. And you know, in the meantime, um, we're both available for for leadership coaching and and company consulting to to improve cultures and and marketing and all and all that great stuff. So. How, how would people get in touch with you, Todd? Well, my, my first name and last name are the key. That's where I am on LinkedIn and Facebook. My, my website is Todd Kukan, T-O-D-D-K-U-C-K-K-A-H-N.com. And love to have a conversation. And don't be afraid, don't be afraid to reach out. I mean, you know, Aaron sometimes is, sometimes is intimidating, but I'm a pretty calm guy. <laughs> but yeah, just reach out. Let's have a conversation and figure out if we can you know, help you out somewhere. Aaron, how do people get a hold of you? So you can find me at Aaron J. Marks on, on LinkedIn, or you can look for Aaron J. Marks, Visionary Purpose Coach and Metaphysical Leadership Mentor on Facebook, or just go to AaronJMarks.com uh, on the internet. Yeah, we're, I, I guess, we're, you know, we're probably not for everybody, but I know we can solve, help people, everybody solve their problem. So yeah, give us a call. What the heck? Give us a shout. We'll chat, see what's going on. That's right. You know, and no one is right for everyone, um, but everyone's right for someone. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Trademark that. Well, we'll uh, look forward to seeing you on the next, or seeing you. I get to see you. We're going to talking with all our listeners out there on the next show. All right. And this has been the, the Crushing Company Culture Podcast. My name is Aaron J. Marks. Todd Kukan. All right. Well, I, I really enjoyed this conversation um, in, in this episode of Crushing Company Culture. And we'll see you on the next episode. And we'll have another really fun and illuminating conversation. Take care, everybody. <laughs>